It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. He blitzes right past Marshawn to the net. Dishes. What timer score? Leon Drysaddle. What a play! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. All right, we'll start by updating the NHL scoreboard in the second period. Minnesota and Vegas are tied 2-2. The Panthers lead the Sharks 1-0 early in the second. Finals from earlier, Martin Luther King Jr. Day in the States, so some uh, earlier games with the holiday. Predators knock off the Avalanche 4-1, and the Kings get past the Blues 4-3. Both of those results helpful to the Edmonton Oilers as they hang around in the Turtle Derby as we have come to call the Western Conference playoff race. Here is what has happened with the Oilers today. Miko Koskinen has been signed to a new contract, so uh, it'll kick in July 1st. He will not become an unrestricted free agent. Three years, $13.5 million. That is a $4.5 million cap hit per season. Uh, Koskinen, in his first 14 games with the Oilers this season, went 9-3-1 with three shutouts and a 9-29 save percentage. Since then, in 13 appearances, he has gone 5-7 with an 8-90 save percentage and a 3.67 goals against average. Ty Ratty and Ryan Spooner have both been placed on waivers. Okay. Uh, Raddy might get picked up. I don't know if anybody's going to take Spooner's contract. And Caleb Jones has been sent to Bakersfield of the American Hockey League. He'll uh, They have games tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday. So he'll get to play some games while the Oilers are uh, on a break. But obviously he won't play tomorrow against Detroit. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630 Ched. That Oilers game tomorrow against the Wings is their final one before the All-Star break and the bye week. So they won't play again after tomorrow until February 2nd and that'll be uh, when they go to Philadelphia. So tomorrow against Detroit 5.30 face-off show and the game at 7. Our good buddy Kelly Rudy is on the line from the NHL on Rogers and former NHL goaltender. Kelly, great to have you on the show. How are you doing? Oh boy, fantastic, Reed. Uh, my wife and I are just leaving South Calgary. We had time to spend a little bit of the afternoon with our grandson. So, wonderful. Well, I hope he is doing well. And uh, we have a lot to talk about today, Kelly. <laughs> so, I, I, yes, uh, we, we do. We will uh, we'll dive in with the with the news that broke this afternoon. Uh, and this is one of those situations, Kelly. I should, unless something's happened in the last few minutes, the the Oilers have yet to announce this, but it's been out there from uh, a variety of uh, of sources, so including ones that I've confirmed with, and that is the new deal for Miko Koskinen. The Oilers were in a situation here where both their goaltenders. Uh, we're going to be unrestricted free agents. So I'm not surprised to see one of them get a deal. 
Uh, I'm a little surprised it's announced now and that it uh, is for the length of time it is and for the the money that it is, because I, I read Koskinen's numbers there. I know he has outplayed Talbot this year. Still not really sure what we have there and if he can carry the load for the next three years, which is apparently now what he's being asked to do. Well, uh, I can, uh, if in fact the, uh, the rumors are true, I, su- I would suggest they probably are by all the talk that I was shocked uh, for the same reasons that uh, you just stated. Uh, the term uh, seemed uh, excessive, as did the dollar amount, considering his body of work. Uh, I, you know, I think the other goalies around the league that uh, are in line for a new contract are absolutely jumping for joy um, because this sets the standard now. And if uh, man alive, I, I wish I played in the league now where you only have to have a half a good season and then you hit the mother load um i uh, the more i think about it i'm just really surprised that uh um like i said he's the the amount that he's played that has not proven to me that uh, he's going to be uh, a starter for the next three years there's no question i agree with you that he's he's badly outplayed talbot but talbot's had a miserable year and uh, i'm just uh think they had to do this and I didn't think they needed to give him a three-year term I, I think uh, Kostman might have been better at two years and uh, you know then if he proves himself then he can go go to bat one more time but I'm like everybody else that one is a head scratcher yeah and, and I mean there's still there's still basically a month to the trade deadline we'll, we'll see what happens with Talbot I mean if he's not traded by the 25th of February obviously he won't be back here next season so and I mean I think there was the opportunity I mean look as bad as the Oilers have played lately and how bad they were last night they're still in a playoff race and they they're still going to need to lean on a goaltender to get there so why not have that sense of competition like hey maybe you guys still are playing for a contract maybe we're not already leaning one way or the other I think that's another factor oh totally I agree with you yeah make them earn it and uh you know, the important part of the season is coming up the next month and a little bit, as you said, until trade deadline. And uh, then you, you can really see what a player is when uh, there's a lot of pressure. And is he going to is he gonna uh, live up to that challenge or is he going to cave to it? And right now, boy, uh, you've just rewarded him. Uh, and I don't get it. I mean, I'm kind of like a loss for words, and that's, I'm not normally in that case, but I just... I don't see the logic in it. When you see Koskinen play, and I know you haven't seen every single uh, appearance, but I know you've seen a lot of them, is there anything that stands out to you, positive or negative, about Koskinen if you had to give a Coles Notes scouting report? Yeah, for sure. And I've, uh, I gave this uh, same sort of version, I don't know, about a month ago on Hockey Night. And to me, he looks a little rough around the edges. He's not as smooth as uh, some of the other guys. And I, you know, it would be unfair if I were to say that you know, in comparison to Carey Price or something, because those guys are, you know, a guy like Price or some of these others I'm thinking of, they're true stars. So maybe that's not an accurate description or comparison. But, you know, when I look around, uh, you know, his crease movement isn't quite as polished as other guys, and yet he's 30 years old. Um, Some of his actions look a little more jerky to me. 
but I, what two qualities that I think he does have. He's got a lot of uh, uh, compete in him, and he can read a play pretty well. So those things, you know, they really, those are important qualities to have. He's, uh, if you can read a play, I mean, that certainly helps you a ton. But, uh, I mean, I look around the league, and I see a lot of guys that are a lot better. And uh, so for that reason, or those reasons, uh, once again, not really sure why they needed to do that. Yeah, fair enough. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports tonight. I'm going to put Kelly on hold here for a second so he can hear this clip. You've probably heard this on our radio station over the last uh, 20 hours or so. I mashed up some comments here. This is Adam Larson after last night's loss to Carolina. A lot of that is on me. Uh, I'm playing so bad right now. I don't know what it is, but I, I need it to stop as soon as possible. I feel like I'm working hard. I feel like I'm... But I'm just, I'm too passive, not skating too, not skating. So that's not part of my game. I, I know I'm, how good I can be and I'm not even close right now. This is as bad as it's been and it's as bad as it will be. I'm pretty, can guarantee you that. Kelly, there, there aren't a lot of post-game interviews that I find almost hard to listen to uh, because you obviously get a lot of, cliches sometimes or well we got pucks in deep we finished our chances we didn't make mistakes uh but that was some uh, almost gut-wrenching honesty from adam larson right after the game yeah i feel really bad for him and uh when a guy um like larson a heart and soul kind of guy when he uh when he speaks up like that it it, it really is difficult to hear and and you know, he's not hiding from it. Like last night, I think it was on the sixth goal that Carolina scored, and, and I knew something was bothering him or something was up because it was just a, a really lousy play, and he's that's not indicative of the kind of player that he is or will be again. And so uh, he had way too many thoughts in his head on uh, that play and in the game, and he's just – he feels so badly, and you know about certain guys that – they do. I said this one time on the air, and I got slaughtered by a journalist. But I'm going to say it again because, in my opinion, that journalist doesn't know anything about uh, being an athlete or uh, the competitive nature. I said some people care too much, and that's where that, I'd put him in that category too. Um, where you know it was like Shane Doan at times. He's just getting his own way uh, because those guys. They care so badly about the team and their own play that it, it, sometimes it drags you down. And I look at Larson and I, I say the same thing that, you know, he just he, he wears it on his sleeve. And, you know, it's funny. Sometimes when you, when you care that much, you think you're doing all the, the right things and, and you think you're trying as hard as you can, but it almost makes you look lazy or lethargic. And that's not what you're feeling, but you just can't get that energy anymore because you're feeling so badly about how poorly you're playing. So, yeah, I hope he turns it around, and I hope he gets some help to turn it around, and he can talk to some people, whether it's family members or people in the organization, or in my case, when I went through a really tough time, I was able to talk to a person that helped 
uh, me with the mental side of the game, and hopefully he can dig himself out of that ditch because it's it's not fun being there. Yeah, that, that, that's tough. And, and I and I look. I know people are angry with how the Oilers played last night, but uh, you know I think we've seen Adam Larson here. Like the the, the guy cares, and and sometimes you fall down this. Uh, in, get into a bit of this pit, right, where you're you're trying to get yeah. out of it, and you keep going in the wrong direction. Kelly Rudy yeah. joining us on on Inside Sports, and and last night's game, I mean, look, they they, they stunk. Uh, it was eleven nothing in shots before the Oilers got a shot, and that was where are my notes here. That was nine and a half minutes into the game. Uh, eleven minutes into the game, Carolina went up three nothing. The shots were fifteen three for Carolina, so a very concerning start for the Oilers. And what troubled me Kelly like I, I I think I'm pretty realistic about the roster where the where the holes are and uh, you know I've referenced the New Year's Eve game against Winnipeg I, I I thought the Oilers played almost as well as they could and they lost 4-3 to the Jets because the Jets are better and are going to win most nights but when you have that stinker against LA and then last night where you start to look tentative and you know, it, it, this is one of those things where you just kind of see it when you watch the games. It's almost like where they're tentative and they don't expect good things to happen. Like they're almost expecting something to go wrong or guarding against it. I thought I saw a lot of that last night. Oh, totally. And uh, we've seen way too many signs of that. And hey, listen, they've already made the coaching change, so that's not coming again. And so uh, right now, it, it's not about the playing and, and uh, the talent and so on. When you get games like last night, it's it's completely about what they're thinking about um, the entire mindset of the, the entire team. And it, it's, it really tells you a lot about how far they have to go and what changes need to be made. And, and you know, listen, other than Connor McDavid, I, I think you have to look at the entire team and figure out who you want and who's a part of the solution. And they have to have a lot of real strong internal discussions about who's really helping us, uh, who does care, who's uh, who's going to be dragging us out of this uh, position we're in, and who are the guys that uh, are just followers, and, you know, it, it's not as concerning to them. So it's uh, this is a, a really bad stretch for the Oilers, uh, and one that uh, I didn't expect when a couple of years ago when they were in the playoffs and they looked great, I, I I would have been shocked or flabbergasted if you would have told me a couple of years later this is uh, the situation they find themselves in. Yeah, and as we've said several times, I mean they're only in it because uh, it, it almost—it's it, almost laughable that it seems like nobody wants to make the playoffs out of the six or seven teams that, that are. Uh, I mean, I know it's like Vancouver's doing pretty well, but they had a rough st- stretch. Arizona won in in Toronto, but I mean Anaheim wins two in a row, and it's like, oh, they're back. Well, no, then they get shut out their next game. So it is—it is there for Edmonton if they can play respectable here over the final couple months of the season. Hey, Kelly, this is—is is this the week your coach? Yes, indeed. I leave tomorrow for uh, Red Deer. Um, And boy, is it going to be a coaching uh, debut. My first since 2002. I am going to read the riot act to those young kids, and I'm going to make sure that they're scared of me when they get to Red Deer. Well, maybe not. (laughs) Is it it the game on uh, Wednesday? Yes, it is. Okay, and of course, this is the CHL-NHL top prospects game. And who are you coaching against again? Is it Ron? Well... First of all, I'm going to have help on my side by uh, Mark Hapscheid. He's having a wonderful season in PA. And Robin Regeer is also helping me. And Ron McLean, he's going to get some help from Brent Sutter and Dave Hunter. So it's going to be 
a heck of a two days, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. Awesome. Kelly, great chat as always. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week, man. Have fun on Wednesday. I'm really happy for you. Okay, thanks, Paul. See you, Reed. That is Kelly Rudy checking in tonight, former NHL goaltender, and now with the NHL on Rogers. Uh, an eventful day for the Oilers, who I uh, believe will be confirming the Koskinen signing within the hour. It's been uh, widely reported, but it sounds like they're going to put something out. So Koskinen, three years, total of $13.5 million, half per year. So that'll kick in this summer. I'm happy to hear from you at 780-496-0063. You can also text 63630. We'll talk. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A little bit about those thrilling NFL Conference Championship games later on in the show as well. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. You're listening to 630 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Got a text here from Stealth who says, uh, Hey, Reed, if not Koskinen, then which free agent goalie? Well, you know, that's that's a fair question. I just quickly went on Cap Friendly. Here are goalies who are going to be unrestricted free agents this summer. I won't read off the whole list, but here are some of them. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, Semyon Varlamov, Mike Smith, Jimmy Howard, Cam Talbot, obviously, Cam Ward, Brian Elliott, Michael Neuvert, Anders Nielsen, Ryan Miller, who's uh, 37, Chad Johnson, Robin Leonard, Peter Morazic, Michael Hutchinson, Keith Kincaid, Al Montoya, who's uh, hurt in the Oilers' farm system, Peter Budai, Antti Niemi. Um, I, I understand Stealth's question, that if you don't lock up Koskinen and both he and Talbot walk in the offseason and, and you don't get somebody else could you be in an even worse situation fair enough i'm just questioning the timing and the amount of this deal i mean could have you you drag this out a little more maybe got a little more information on koskinen and and then made a decision on the contract but you you do need a goaltender so you can't you can't have zero on the roster we have alex on line one hey alex hey how's it going reed doing well excellent pleasure to speak with you um, I just had a couple uh, comments. First of all, I, I have to admit, when I heard about the Koskinen deal that's rumored to be going through here for his extension, I was pretty upset. So I took a look at some of the comparable goalies and goalies that are getting, what goalies are getting paid. So next year, at this rate, Koskinen's going to be the 19th highest paid goalie in the league, given that Bobrovsky signs for close to the same amount that he's making now. Right. Uh I have to admit that after I heard that, it's I'm not as frustrated, but I mean, it's still frustrating knowing that he's only played half a season and he's starting to get paid like a number one. Yep. Even stats aren't really backing that up. Um, but uh, going along with that, unfortunately, since we didn't get in, into any better of a cap situation with, say, Talbot walking and our starting goalie cap number going up, uh, according to Cap Friendly there, we have 73 million approximately tied up in 33 contract spots and 15 roster spots, which leaves us with about six and a half million to fill up the rest of the roster. 
And now with Spooner going down and Ratty going down, of course, that doesn't really help us out this year. Um, and I doubt anyone's going to pick up Spooner, so we'll still probably be on the hook for him next year. Yep. There just doesn't seem to be a lot of cap help that's coming our way, and we don't seem to be doing too much to get ahead of any problems that are coming that way right now, which leads to the last part of my little tangent here. With us having moved three guys down today, we only needed to move one person down to be able to uh, activate Petrovic. And even if Clefbaum's right around the corner, that's two guys. So sending down both Raddy and Spooner when we need that secondary scoring, which I would argue that Raddy can provide, doesn't make sense unless we have something going on that's going to bring back an additional roster player. Well, Well, no, honestly, Alex, I I thought you did did an awesome job outlining everything. Maybe there is a combination deal coming, um, but I don't think Spooner's getting claimed. I mean, would you, who would you sooner claim if you were a team, a team in the bottom 10? I'd sooner claim Ratty and take a chance on him. Oh, a hundred percent. And I mean, I'm just thinking because we have our bye week coming up um, and with us having gotten rid of Spooner, there's, there's really no way of even him going down, playing minutes with Bakersfield and trying to improve his trade value because no one's taking him at the cap hit that he has for this year and next. Just so. remember, Alex, when you look ahead to next year, the cap might go up to 83, right? So That's might, true. That's really but, what we have to bank on. <laughs> yeah. Alex, thanks, man. Great call. Thanks for your time. Have a nice day. Okay, Ray's up next on the phone line. You'll also hear some comments from Nitch, uh, hit from Nitch, from Hitch and Nuge after a team meeting this morning. It's Inside Sports on Chet. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Five minutes left in the third, Minnesota and Vegas tied 2-2. Late second period, San Jose and Florida tied 2-2. Earlier, Nashville knocking off Colorado 4-1. The Kings beat the Blues 4-3. Oilers home to Detroit tomorrow. Miko Koskinen contract extension he will not be a free agent this summer three-year deal 13 and a half million dollars that's four and a half per year ratty and spooner both placed on waivers caleb jones gets sent back to bakersfield they have games coming up wednesday friday and saturday while the nhl will be on the all-star break the Oilers only five wins in their last 16. Here's the Nuge on the recent struggles. Uh, hasn't really been good enough as of late, and uh, we have to find a way um, as, as a group to get out of this. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's going to come down to the players just going out there and doing it. I mean, uh, we, we looked at the first 10 minutes of that game yesterday, and it was just not even close. I mean, uh, zero shots, and um, they get two goals uh, in the first 10. So, I mean, it's just not good enough. And... A lot of it's just coming down to, I mean, we're, we're working hard. We're trying to play the right way, but, I mean, it's just th- those battles. I mean, we're just losing too many battles and, um, yeah, being a little bit too soft on pucks. So, I mean, we've got to get back to the way that we can play, and uh, we'll find success once we do that. Well, and lately the Oilers have been quite bad on home ice. Now for the season at Rogers Place, they are 12-12-1. Not good enough. At one point they were 10-4-1 at home. That was pretty good. On the road, I mean 500, 11-11-2. You'd love to be a little bit above, but at least if you're getting half your points away from home, you're doing okay. But uh, home ice play, not nearly good enough for the Edmonton Oilers. And two more losses at Rogers Place over the weekend. Thanks a lot for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 630 Ched. Blake Dermott coming up in about half an hour. We'll uh, talk about those crazy 
NFL Conference Championship games lately, and I'm sure we'll get into the overtime format they use in the NFL. But we have Ray on line two to talk about the Edmonton Oilers a bit. Hi, Ray. Thank you for calling. Uh, how are you today, Reed? I'm great. Yourself? I'm doing pretty well. Okay, so I've been a fan since day one of the Oilers, and I'm not going to beat them down too much. It's just, uh, you know, the compete level is there on some of the players. Some of them, you got to question it. Uh, you know, Cassian, yesterday he showed some compete, and uh, and Lucic, all he does is show compete by trying to stop Cassian in the bench instead of going out and earning his uh, $6 million, which is $75,000 a game, which on an average of 18 to 20 minutes is like $4,000 a minute. So you think that he would show a little bit more aggression. I understand that he's gotten four or five goals in the last little while, and he's doing better than Patrick Liney, like Bob Stoffer would say. But, you know, when uh, Tkachuk the other day in Calgary, he didn't uh, go at McDavid because... Uh, what Cassian did to him the game before that. So uh, why doesn't Lucic go out and take out and show a little toughness there? You know, he's not scoring. He doesn't have the hands. You know, he, sh- he should use his aggression a little bit in the right way. And as far as the deal with Kostinen, I think they're making room because I think there might be a deal already made with, uh, with Talbot. So... Maybe. I want to ask you something, Ray, as uh, obviously, you know, you mentioned you've been a fan for a long time, which is cool, and thanks for calling. When you hear Larson after the game, when you hear that from a pro athlete on a team you cheer for, do you feel bad for the guy? Do you think suck it up, or does it depend on the player? Well, it kind of depends on the player because you know that he's trying, and you can see he's trying. And things just ain't bouncing his way right now, and they will again, you know. Uh for a guy like that, I feel bad for because, you know what, the, the defense is kind of getting hung out to dry right now. Yeah, and he's having a tough spell, and he knows it, and he's he's not hiding from it. And he's, you know, he didn't choose to be traded for Taylor Hall, and I think for most the most part, he's done his job, you know. That's right. So, yeah. I agree. Thanks, Ray. You bet. All right, 780-496-0063. My goodness, is this Mike from Ottawa? Hey, Reed, how's it going? Well, I haven't heard from you in a while. How's life in Ottawa? I'm alive. I'm on the Queensway right now, freezing my, my hiney off, but I'm assuming that I think all of Canada's under this cold spell, correct? It's only minus two in Edmonton. It's beautiful. Oh, my God. It's minus, right? This morning we woke up, it was minus 39 with the wind chill, and I walked my kids to school. <laughs> I, I was... I, my people were laughing at me because I'm dressed up in like a balclava. What am I going to do, right? Like, yeah. And it's funny because I have three different Oilers tubes. I have my kind of warm Oilers tube. Okay, it's cold Oilers tube. And then it's so cold that, you know, the, the balls of a brass monkey would freeze. Right. And I was wearing that one today. All right. That's not what I cut. It's like it goes all the way around with like extra padding, you know? So, nice. Okay. How you doing? Yeah, good. What's the, it's good to hear from you. What are you thinking, man? Yeah, nice. Uh, I, I listen to your guys' show all the time, and post-game show, and then also Bob at uh, lunch. I'm, I, I'm a little concerned with the Koskinen and Shining win. So to summarize it all, when we signed Koskinen in the summer, I was like you guys, like every pretty much the average Oilers fan, kind of like didn't know much about him, $2.5 kind of comparing him against that guy in Colorado that was making like 875000 wondering why, same stats, we pay more. Then the starting of the year, Talbot kind of had a rough start. Koskinen came in and saved the day, and then it, we were all like, wow, like this, you know, at two and a half million, it's not so bad. Uh, well, now, I mean, 
four and a half in three years. It, it just, it just. When when I heard there was a, a earlier today on I think uh, the other uh, your uh, other radio station they were saying that there would be a quick meeting after the practice and then there was going to be an immediate veil and right away everybody is they will this be mean that Shirelli might be no not- no it was actually they wound up not practicing. And I, and I oh, know okay. people are in a tizzy because of how bad they played, but it's not unusual yeah. for sometimes a team to have a meeting with the coach. It, uh, oh, honestly, okay. when okay. they were in the playoffs, they hardly practiced. Yeah. They would usually just have a meeting, and some of the guys that didn't play very much would skate for a bit. So anyway. Oh, so that's normal. Okay, we were yeah, they, sure. they have meetings from time to time, yeah. Yeah, and I think with the temperature of how things are in Edmonton, I'm in Ottawa, but I feel it all the way here, man. I can feel a bit of that heat through the minus 38, and it's like uh, we all wondered, is this is this it for Shirelli? So, uh, you know, we weren't sure, and, and I think a lot of us were maybe slightly slightly disappointed because we're on edge, and we're on edge because we're concerned, and I know you know this, I'm not saying anything new, we're concerned that what Shirelli might do might might be – the next move might not be something that's good for the team long term. And when Bob Nicholson came out earlier this year and said there was a plan, and that you know once we saw the plan, we would all feel better about it. We've not, we don't know what the plan is yet. And I understand that it's not their mandate to come out and tell the fans what the plan is because maybe there's some secret information that they feel we, you know they don't want to give away to other teams. I understand that, but I mean we're we're kind of like. The lost, feeling lost as Oilers fans, and feeling like we need we need to know what the plan is because it feels like when they brought Hitch in, that maybe that Hitch was a believer of big, strong hockey like Shirelli is. But we all kind of keep agreeing that the league is going towards small, skilled, fast. So we thought, okay, maybe Shirelli realizes that, and maybe he's changing his game plan and he's trying to adapt, and he just happened to go double down at the wrong time. But now he's realized his mistake, and now he's going to try and make the right corrections. But I, I, I like as he makes further moves with Brandon Manning and everything. I, it doesn't feel like like I understand what his plan is. And, and then with the Koskinen signing, I like Koskinen. He's been a bit shaky recently. I don't know if he's like super streaky where he's going to go red hot in a nice cold. Like who knows? Well, we'll that's find the thing. Out. We, don't, we don't know, right? We have no idea. No. Yeah, and goalies are voodoo. And yes, we need a goalie. And four and a half, if he's a good goalie, isn't the end of the world. It's not like Carey Price at ten. But it's just that. We don't know, and, and, I, and the one thing I do know is I do feel that every game where the Oilers got scored on on the first goal, that Talbot, Talbot was in nets, and I love Talbot, great guy, great family man, everything, but that when he got that first goal in on him, that, that the team was affected. And I know they, they would never admit it in the media because they can't, but in their minds, just like as fans, we were all like, here we go again. And I think that that kind of wrote off the game. And I, I don't know the stats, but I'd be willing to bet that over 80% of those games were the first goal went in that we lost those games. Oh, and, probably, yeah. You know what I mean? So I think last night when that happened again, that was a nail in the coffin and Shirelli pulled the trigger. But what I don't know and what I don't understand is why can't, like, it's okay if he got a GM that loses a couple trades and then he wins a couple and then he's kind of average on a couple. When it all works out in the wash, you're kind of okay. At least it's okay. But it seems like he either loses it drastically really bad yep. and it's, it's, not, it's not like we got to wait three years to find out he lost it bad. We, we all, the media, the fans all say it right away. So we're just being vindicated when it happens a year later that we were right and we're all disappointed. Or he just kind of like overpays a little bit why like it'd be great to have a jam like Iserman or like Wilson or like uh, you know someone that could play a little hardball like Joe Sackick and actually yeah, come up with the he's like, been you know, be- he's been beat by other GMs 
and yeah. all yeah. his all all his moves that worked worked basically in the playoff year, and they only worked for that year, unfortunately. Yeah, and, that, and you're right. So maybe Shirelli's like you know leaning back and saying, "Okay, other fans, I feel your pain, but don't worry. If we just make the playoffs, I built this team for a playoff team." The only problem I have with that is that against Pacific this year, we're not exactly showing that that's the case. If they get into the playoffs, I can't see them making it past the first round. Like, like that, and so I agree with you. So I'm just asking, like, if you can help help me understand, what do you think his plan is? Like, what exactly? Where is he going? I don't know. I honestly, I honestly don't know because he keeps like. So you trade Eberle for Strom. Okay, so yeah. you knew that Strom wouldn't match Eberle's points, but you were hoping he might be a better all-around player. And then he doesn't even come close to getting the points you hoped he would get, so no. he becomes a third-line center, and he was actually learning that job and starting Finally to be... getting it. And then yeah. you trade him for a guy, like... I, I honestly don't know if Ryan Spooner could play for the U of A. Like, he just has so yeah. little impact on the game. So, so I don't know what his what. plan. I, I don't know what his plan is. Like, if you want to get a faster guy, well, that's fine. But why are you giving up a center for a winger who doesn't have any tenacity to his game at all? Like, exactly. So I don't know exactly. what his plan is. I really don't. I, I know we did not. That's I think. If you're wondering why, like, and I know you know, but just I'm just I'm just therapy. I'm just getting this out. Like, why we're all anxious? That's why, because we don't know. We don't have faith. We lack the faith. He's got to be a smart guy. He didn't get to where he is without being smart. He was part of Ottawa Senators back in the day. Like, he was a Boston as well. He's a smart guy. And I know Nicholson, Bob Nicholson, is a smart guy. These are smart people, but they have some plan that just doesn't seem to make sense. And and I, I don't know why he can't just win, a, come out with a trade or a deal or a signing where everybody's like. Bar down, TSN, 6.30 Chet, all the MSM, more, most of the fans just say, okay, that looks good. Like, it looks, congratulations, good job. Like, we're all happy. Yeah. You know, it's, that, we, did, we need one of those, man. We need one. And all I'm right, sure Mike. Great to hear from you, buddy. Stay warm, okay? Uh, thanks, man. Say hi to Rob there, too. That is Mike from Ottawa checking in. Fred and Mike. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I believe from the Bonneville area are up next at 646. It's Inside Sports on 630 Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. This texture says, what is the current cap space for Shirelli to make trades? What can he do with the cap? Well, I mean, the Oilers don't have any cap space. Uh, on cap friendly, they're at $51,000, so you can't get a player for that. I mean, if you hypothetically traded Talbot at some point, so that would uh, free up uh, about $4.2 million if you didn't bring anybody back. But 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 again, I mean, are are you going to sacrifice the the first round draft pick in a year where you might not make the playoffs? I I don't know if I would either. They're 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 not in a good spot. I mean, their cap situation is is not good. I mean, they're they're structured like a team that has won four Stanley Cups in the last seven years, not one that's made the playoffs once in twelve. This texture says on Koskinen, I think it might be a year longer 
than most would like and maybe half a million more, but it's 1B goalie money. I believe you're going to pay a number one $8 million plus or uh, two goalies, three and a half to five each. So I don't think the Oilers are way off. I think priority number one is to get rid of Spooner and Manning for next year for cap purposes and uh, potentially give up a prospect or pick if needed. Lastly, I think we have good players who are not playing to their potential, but we don't need to blow the team up. The team needs to focus on their jobs. Third and fourth line, forecheck and finish hits and simplify their games. That is a text to 630-630. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. All right, uh, I'll try to get in a few calls here before 7. We have Fred standing by. Go ahead, Fred. How's it going, Reed? Oh, good. Good to hear from you. Uh, good to hear you on the air tonight. Uh, I got some exciting news about Def Leppard. I'll have to phone you off air. But anyway, uh, I don't mind not signing Oxy for Koskinen. Uh, when you mentioned all those UFAs, there's nobody that really stands out for me. Like uh, Bobrovsky's not going to come here. And the only other one maybe that I'd like to see here would be Howard out of uh, Detroit. But uh, maybe a little bit too much money, term a little long. But uh, I think Koskinen's going to... F- fill that role now what's going to happen with Talbot though do you think they keep him or trade him well I would think they would try to trade him to get something back but I, I mean I think obviously the I mean we knew they were going to have to pick a goalie we knew Koskinen was out playing Talbot I just thought it might go a little deeper in, into the season uh, until they they you know likely locked up Koskinen I I, I would sh- I would sh- be pretty sure they're trying to shop camp you know, he's got a no-move clause where in the offseason he could list the 10 teams he would go to, but I wouldn't be surprised if he would expand that list now so he can play somewhere. And as far as Chirelli uh, goes, um, I really don't see him being here next year. That being said, if uh, the trade deadline comes, could you go to Hitchcock and just say maybe not be GM, but consulting any trades would have to be kind of approved by him? Have you ever heard of that? Of well, I, I don't. I don't think Hitch wants to be a player personnel guy. I'm, I'm sure if they were going to make a trade, you always ask the coach, but it's the GM's final call. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't think Hitch wants to be too heavily involved in in player personnel. Probably not, but uh, I just thought maybe that's an idea because the guy's been he's so well connected and he's coach like he's third winning his coach in history. He probably knows the league quite well, obviously. But uh, yeah. you know what's funny about all this? I'm getting so much sympathy from Flame fans, Hab fans, Elite fans. It's not right genuine, now. Fred. Don't believe him. No, I don't. But uh, <laughs> I do got I have an offer to go to San Jose for a playoff game, so I might just do that. Go to right. Shark Tank. Right on. Thanks, Fred. Take care, bud. Hey, don't forget about the Northern Chicken Super Bucket, 10 pieces, 10 fingers, large smashed potatoes, gravy, coleslaw, and cornbread for 68 bucks. NorthChickenYEG.com and some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Mike, are you out in Bonneville or around there? I am in Bonneville, yeah. I guess I, I guess don't make call too much, so. <laughs> yeah, well, good but to yeah, hear from you. Go ahead, man. Yeah, yeah. no, I just want to say, uh, you know, so I was watching Lucci's interview there today, uh, uh and uh, you know, I think he's right. I mean, you know, Edmonton to me is a is a depressed team. Like uh, inside the room, they're they're. I think they're struggling. I think, yeah, the work ethic, some of it's there. But I think you know what? As an older fan, I think we got to be that sixth player on the ice. We got to treat it like you know. We got to get. We, I know we rally behind them. We support them. But I think you know they're. I think they're looking for that. I think they're looking for that fan to kind of just uh, that support because they're down. They're down, right? Like they emotionally, like they're physically. I think. It's not a lack of trying, like like Larson said. He's like, I'm I'm playing hard. I'm just 
it's you can just see the frustration and like almost I don't know if the right word is a sadness in them, but well, they look rattled. You, they look rattled lately. Well, that's just it. And like I mean, for me, like I know, like if somebody's down, you don't kick them when they're down, and I know they're down. And I mean, I know they're professionals, but at the end of the day, you know what? Before the professionals are humans, and you know what? As as an Oilers fan, I'll never give up on them. You know what? Uh, I'm true to my colors. And uh, we, as a fan, I'm just saying, like, you know what, tomorrow's game, all the fans, I'm not, unfortunately, I'm not going to be at the game. But I would love for the other fans, even, even if they get down early, just cheer them on as if it's a playoff game. Let's get, these, let's get behind these guys because I think they need us more than ever, man. All right. Let's Thanks, Mike. That's Mike checking in from Bonneville. And final call of the hour, we'll go to Gary. Gary, quickly here. I'm sorry I'm short on time. Did you call I know. About you're this? always going to cut me off, and I've got some really good points, Reed. <laughs> okay. I, okay. Do you want to, if you can wait till after 7, I'll give you I'll give you 90 seconds before Blake Dermott. But can okay, I answer I'll, your question? I'll, I'll, can I I'll answer your shootout question from last week? I know you did. No, I didn't. Yeah, I, I didn't sure get you. The, I got you the answer, but I didn't tell you on air. Okay. Okay. So Hitch said that they had a they they have shootout contests in practice like weekly or so, and Kara's done really well. So that's why Kara got to shoot fourth. Okay. Oh. And then he said Chase on, he just went with his gut because he's having a good year. Okay? True, true. Okay, so if you stay on till 7.05, you can open for Blake Dermott. You know Blake. You love Blake. Yeah, Blake Dermott, yep. Okay, so we'll, so I'll give, you, I'll give you 90 seconds at 7.05, and then we'll go into the football. Sound fair? Sounds fair. Okay, Gary's going to be up next. Oh, I got a text from somebody who played for the Bonneville Pontiacs when I was covering the team about uh, 12 years ago. Good stuff. Thanks for writing in, Cody. We'll take a quick timeout. We're back after the news with Gary and Blake. Yeah, well, here's something fun. We're talking an Oilers, interesting stuff. And what do you think of this uh, NFL overtime? Do they got to change the rules? You can chime in on that as well. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.